bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. I've titled my message, Finding Christ in the Right Place at the Right Time. Finding Christ in the Right Place at the Right Time. And my message is going to be based primarily on the text from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 to 14. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. Verses 1 to 14. And let us hear the reading of God's word. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary his betrothed wife (laughs) who was with child. So it was that while they were there the days were completed for her to be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths And laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Amen. It's a very popular Christmas passage because... The four gospel, of the four Gospels uh, of the New Testament, only Matthew and Luke uh, give any account of the birth of Jesus Christ. Mark and John pick up the life of Christ when he's an adult. But Matthew and Luke give account of the birth of Jesus. So almost all over the world... When people are reading the Gospels concerning the birth of Christ, it will either be from Luke or from Matthew. And, and this is Luke's account, and it is the most detailed account of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the passage, there are several interesting things that we will be looking at. Uh, Jesus Christ lived his life under two Roman emperors. Two Roman emperors. Uh, The first one is uh, the one we talk about here, that is Augustus Caesar. Augustus Caesar was the first emperor of the Roman Empire. Julius Caesar started it, but was assassinated. And, uh, uh, and, And 
his nephew or grandnephew took over uh, called Augustus. And, and he was the one who was the emperor at the time Jesus was born. But Jesus lived his life and uh, ministered and eventually died and resurrected under a different emperor called Tiberius. And so Jesus lived under the reign of Augustus and Tiberius. These are very important uh, for uh, what I'm saying today. Now Jesus, as you know, was a Jew from Judea, but Judea was under Roman control at the time of Jesus. So in what we are reading today in the book of Luke, we see the historical and cultural context within which Jesus was born. And there are many beautiful threads woven into this story, and we will take a look at them today. The background to the story is that a census has been called. And if you read the account, it says a census for the whole world. But please, uh, you have to understand that there is a context here. The Roman world, not the whole world. It wasn't in Ghana uh, or, or Nigeria at that time or whoever lived here. This is to the world that is ruled by the Romans. And so a census has been called... And uh, this census uh, is happening. And people had to go to be counted uh, or to be numbered at that time. The interesting thing to observe here is that the Jews and the Romans determine where they came from differently. Uh, if you were a Jew and they ask you where you come from, you would likely quote your ancestral hometown. If you were a Roman and you were asked where you come from, you would likely quote where you were born. So the Jews uh, saw where they came from almost like the way we do. If you ask me today, where do you, do, do you come from? I would say Elmina. Uh, or Cape Coast, but Elmina really is where I come from. Although I was not born in Elmina, and I was not educated in Elmina, and I didn't grow up in Elmina, although I've visited there, but I come from there because that's my ancestral home. My mother's, uh, because we are a cancer, we are matrilineals, so my mother's family and my mother's mother and, and, and so and so forth come from Elmina. So I come from Elmina. That's how the Jews saw where they came from. So if you ask a Jew where do you come from, he will not talk about the city he was born in. He was he would talk about the city of his ancestors. So when the census says you should go to where you come from, Joseph had to go to the city of his ancestors to be counted. Although Roman law did not necessarily mean go to the city of your ancestors because of, if you are Roman, you would just register where you were born. But Joseph was a Jew. So he had to go to a place to be born. All these are very important in God's plan. The distance from Nazareth, from Nazareth to Bethlehem was about 80 miles and took three days to take. So when Joseph sets out to go to Bethlehem, he and Mary and whoever was with them had to travel for 80 miles, a three-day journey. The first thing I want to bring to your notice, uh, to your attention as we 
look at this passage is that God rules over human history. God rules over human history. Usually when we are talking about the events of our time, we don't see God. So if I ask you what is happening in this world, you would say, well, um, the British uh, just had an election and uh, Boris Johnson and his conservative party won by a landslide. And, Rome, uh, and Donald Trump has just been impeached by the U.S. Congress. And um, we didn't have the referendum in Ghana uh, as we had planned. I mean, these are events that we will talk about. But most time when we see all of these things, we don't see God anywhere. It's almost as if things are just happening by themselves. But the passage we are reading tells us that sometimes you see things happening and God is in every detail of what is happening. So God rules over human history. Before all of these events would happen, before there was an Augustus, before there was even Julius Caesar, before even there was a Roman Empire or the Greek Empire, before all of that, in the play, in the, in the city of, uh, in the country of Judah, there was a prophet by name of Micah. And Micah had declared in his prophecy, uh, in Micah chapter 5 verse 2, he says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from of old, from everlasting. If you remember when the wise men went to see King Herod about who has been born king of the Jews, King Herod as the rabbis of the time, go and find out where the Messiah is going to be born. And they went to find in the book of Micah that the Messiah had to be born in Bethlehem. Micah had made this prophecy long ago. But now the events of world history are conspiring for the word of God to become a reality. God rules over human history. And when God rules over human history, he uses different people at different levels. He uses different people at different levels. Look at the people involved in this story. It begins with Micah. The prophet who declared that the Messiah will be born in Judea. It includes Augustus Caesar. The ruler of the empire who sets out a policy for census and his policy required that every 14 years there should be a census. It includes Quirinius who was the one who had oversight of the census. It includes an innkeeper, a hotel owner who has no idea of what he is doing but refuses a young couple a space to have a child it includes a family head who came from Bethlehem and includes a young lady called Mary. All of these people have no idea of what is happening, but each one of them is being used by God. Micah is used by God. Augustus is used by God. Quirinius is used by God. The innkeeper is used by God. Joseph is used by God. And each one at different levels 
is being used by God. When God is working out his purposes, he knows how to use people in all kinds of places. The other thing you see is that God uses different places all over the world to bring about his purposes. Consider the places in the world that God is using. He's using Rome where Augustus is making decrees. He's using Syria, the region that now has dominion over Judea. He's using Judea itself. He's using Galilee. He's using Nazareth. And he's using Bethlehem. All of these places. If you ask them, anybody who lived at that time, what do they have in common? They have nothing in common. Except that God picks these cities and these places. And he begins to use them for his purpose. You have no idea the people God is using for you and you have no idea the places God is using for you. And we see that God using uses different periods of time and different events. Micah's prophecy was given 700 years before this event. 700 years. Micah declared, But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you are the least of all the tribes of Judah, yet out of you shall come him who shall be the ruler, whose goings forth is from everlasting. Micah had no idea probably what he was talking about. He just heard, Thus says the Lord, and declared it. And he's dead 700 years. New times, new eras, new events, all working together to bring about God's purpose. When we're dealing with God, we have to understand that he uses different times, different places, different people to perform his will in our lives. God is not linear. He doesn't just have only one way of doing things. He is widespread in what he can do. And the people he can use. There are decrees which are being made today. That we think is just political. But it's part of God's plan. There are decisions being made in parliaments. All over the world. In congresses. In senate houses. In houses of legislature. Which you may look on and say, oh, this is just the parliamentarians writing laws. But for all you know, God is behind using those laws, using those people, using those places to work out his purposes. There are places you might have lived, you wonder, why did I live in all these towns and towns and this place and that place and this place? And one moment you used to live in Kokumlemle, now you are in Osu, next time you are in another place. And you think, oh, the landlords keep ejecting me. But for all you know, God is using places to position you where he wants you to be. Never despise the working of the Lord. In the affairs of man. He has not left the earth to its devices. He is at work in the history of the earth. God's purposes are completed in the right place and the right time. God's purposes are completed 
in the right place at the right time. I like the verse 6. It says, but while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. While they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. First thing you notice from there is divine placement. While they were there, they had to be there. It was the place appointed for the Messiah to be born. Joseph was working in the wrong town, Nazareth. For the birth of Jesus, for the ministry of Jesus, he will be called the Nazarene. So Joseph was well positioned for his ministry, but he was not well positioned for his birth. He had to be born in Bethlehem. And until they got to Bethlehem, he couldn't be born. They had to go to Bethlehem. And the Bible says while they were there, there is a place called there. That when you get there, things begin to manifest in your life. The Lord said to Elijah, arise, go to Zarephath. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Why didn't the widow travel to where Elijah was to provide for him? There is a place you have to get to to meet your provision. There is a place called there. And if God had to use legislation to get you there, he will get you there. If God has to use politicians to get you there, he will get you there. If God has to shake you to get you there, he will get you there. One moment you're going to hear a law and everybody's complaining. Why is Augustus doing this? Why is Quirinius doing that? But all have no idea that God is working out. Instigating Augustus, instigating Quirinius, making sure a census will be called. And making sure that by all means, Joseph will move. Because nobody moves his pregnant wife, just nine months pregnant, ready to be born. And take them on an 80 mile, three day journey. It's not wise.